And now, the group you've all been waiting for, the Lovers of Five! I'm David, and I'd like to tell you about my favorite number, which is the number five. And the number five is my favorite number because it has one straight line here, and then it has a round line on the bottom here, and then it has another line on the top. I love singing about the number five. Give me five. Ah, give me five. Give me five. Give me one, two, three, four. Give me five. Give me one, two, three, four But if you love me more Give me five Yeah, yeah, yeah Give me five Give me five, that's right, give me five Welcome everyone into the 5x5 five five here on the ChairShot Radio Network Part of the ChairShot.com Where we remind you to always use your head TheChairShot.com Always use your head. And I am your host, Patrick O'Dowd, welcoming you back into another edition of the 5x5. And it is about time for us to revisit one of our favorite guests on the program, becoming a three-time guest on the 5x5-3 and if you all have been doing your math and doing the counting, then you know that we are returning the commissioner himself, Mr. Saturday Night, PC Tunney. Welcome back to the program. I like the nickname enough that it's going to stick. Might even show up on Bandwagon Nerd someday. Oh, boy. I'll take it. I'll take it. We uh, always enjoy Saturday night, especially when there's a great host on Saturday Night Live. And, uh, yeah, we, I mean... It's just fun to talk SNL. It's just a, a staple in pop culture that lends itself to all the other avenues that pop culture consumes. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And it's it's so funny. You don't even have to watch the entire show weekly. Like like if you like it's still something that people water cooler talk about, and then you can go and catch snippets on YouTube, like their YouTube channel or whatever. That's what the Mrs. O'Dowd does. Like the Mrs. O'Dowd comes around to sketches. Like she watches the recap of SNL. Like we don't record it, but she'll go back and she'll track down sketches that made the news because that's like it's a legit article on Sundays uh, on various like news outlets in their entertainment section. Like here are the best and worst sketches in SNL. And so this week we decided to to again tackle a Saturday Night Live uh, topic because you're Mr. Saturday Night, of course. So we're going to do that and. We, we picked one that we thought was going to be broader than what it turned out to be, which was interesting because uh, I loved it. And, and we'll talk a little bit more on it. But to this this time around, this week's edition of the 5x5 is going to be the five best and five worst Saturday Night Live feature length movies. And I remember when we first when we first pitched this one, I was like, yeah, that's great. Let's do it. And then... You you came to me before we started recording and we're like, well, and why don't you, what was the well? There's only 11 of them. There are 11 SNL feature films and, and <laughs> that surprised me. But then I got to thinking about it. And I think um, when we had talked about this previously, one of the things that we talked about was um, 
you know, there's a lot of Saturday Night Live cast members who've gone on to do feature length films that I um I think that what we've seen happen is cast members have taken characters they've played and personas they've played and turned them into different characters in feature films. Adam Sandler has basically been playing the same fool character from <laughs> from his SNL days in every movie he died he did every comedy like Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Little Nicky, Mr. Deeds. They're all variations of the same sort of character he played on SNL. And, and so much so that people didn't like his serious forays. Like Punch Drunk Punch Drunk Love, which is a very, very good movie, people really fought against uh, and were like, oh, this isn't interesting. Um, it's just, it's strange nope, to they, me. They want Adam Sandler to do zippity-doo. Yeah, they wanted to do goofy stuff. And then critics will roast him for doing uh, doing what made him famous. Like he, he put out a Halloween movie that was part of his Netflix deal that I actually liked quite a bit, but it's definitely his, his, his fool character doing his full thing. Same thing with Chris Farley, Chris Farley with the, the big guy that falls sort of routine. Like that's what Tommy boy was. That's what black sheep was. That's what everything he seemed to do. Even when he would guest, you know, if he would show up as a co-star in a, in a Adam Sandler, David Spade, same thing, snarky short guy. Uh, but you know, lost and found underrated little rom-com with David Spade, where he way out kicks his coverage with his love interest in that movie. What's your favorite Adam Sandler weird? What's your favorite Adam Sandler comedy? Like Adam Sandler style comedy, not dark comedy. The one you mentioned, but like out of his comedies, what's your favorite one? My favorite Adam Sandler comedy of all time is, is happy Gilmore, happy Gilmore. Um, because I felt like Billy Madison was way too zippity-doo. And Happy Gilmore sort of is much more focused. And, and just in sort of like, he's much, in my opinion, he's much more likable as as the character that he is. And you can't get past Norm MacDonald. Not that Norm MacDonald, but uh, the other Norm MacDonald who played Shooter McGavin. And still cashes in on being Shooter McGavin even today. Shooter. For me, Mr. For for me, Mr. Deeds and Little Nicky are really underrated and excellent. Yeah, I like Mr. Deeds a lot. John yeah. Turturro is in that and is it is very good. sneaky good, sneaky sneaky, sneaky sneaky, sneaky yes. sneaky. That is my money. <laughs> ah, good stuff. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna we're gonna do a couple things first before we go. We're gonna treat this. Uh, the way we've been doing the five by five now after after the flip. So for those of you who heard the early days, we would do the worst first and the best. We're flipping it. We're doing the best first and then the worst uh, for these uh, these films. We're gonna take our first commercial break, and then when we come back, we will break into our best SNL movies. Five of the eleven will be hitting your list. So you're listening to the five by five on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. 
All right, welcome back. As I mentioned, this is another episode with Mr. Saturday Night himself, PC Tunney. So we are covering an SNL topic. This week's topic is best and worst SNL movies, but there's only 11. And so first things first, one of these 11 didn't make our list. So we're gonna we're gonna go ahead. I think Tony's probably already got him up in front of him because he's really good about this. He probably has all eleven up in front of him now, uh, and, and you're gonna rattle them off, and then let's see which ones didn't make our list. Because it may be that you have one on your list that I don't. I bet you that you have one on your list that I don't have on mine. Well, yeah, I, the one that didn't make the good or the bad out of all the eleven for me is yeah. Blues Brothers two thousand. McGruber. Okay, well, Mag- it's funny because they're like, okay, so if you if you if you listen to one through eleven, right, they're like in Blues the middle. Brothers is, Blues Brothers two thousand is six, and McGruber is seven. So yeah, it's like you know they're right there. Right. So McGru- McGruber was my in between, and here I'll even share why McGruber didn't make my list. I never saw the movie, so like it made it easy for me to be like, well, I haven't seen that one. Fuck that film. And, and so MacGruber didn't make, congratulations MacGruber, because I haven't watched you, I ha, I don't get to be the East German judge regarding, which now if Dave Ungar is listening to this, he's going to make me do like a nerd review of MacGruber and, and See, God help me. He will, he will. That's yours. You're going to hit the, that's my penance. That's my punishment. <laughs> you'll call it, you'll call it Patrick's indifference. Um, and you know what you should do is halfway through your review, the, the page should explode and then you don't get, and it just goes, but Gruber! Nice, nice. Have you watched the streaming show? Like, because isn't it like a streaming series now on like Peacock or something? I think on the second half of our our list here, as we start our worst list, I'll tell you why I haven't. Okay, fair enough. It well, my worst, it, it's, it's my worst side, not my best side. Fair enough. All right, well then let's get to it. I'll kick us off this time around. Reminder of the rules for those of you who, for some reason, aren't listening to us, which I don't understand at this point. If you're not following yeah. the five by five and you're not listening to Bandwagon Nerds, what are you even? What are you doing here? What are you doing here? You're here because you want great, you want great content, and we give that to you. So, basic rules they never change. We're gonna take turns giving our five best. If one of us has the same film higher up on our list, we pause until we get to that on whoever's list it's highest so if uh mcgruber was higher on tony's list in the best he would raise his hand and we would pause that being said i'm gonna go first this time around with the best snl movies my number five was the coneheads dan Aykroyd, jane Curtin higher on pc tony's list your number five i feel like this is gonna be a thing <laughs> uh, my number five is wayne's world too Oh, shit. There's 12. Wayne's World 2 didn't make my list either. That can't be right. One, two, three. What do you what do you think is a, is a, one of the 11 feature films? Uh, well, now I'm afraid. Yeah, we'll get to it. Oh, I bet you I bet you I have one that you don't. No, man, we'll find There's out. We'll find out. All right, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll find out whether or not I missed one. The internet missed one, or Patrick added one. We're going to find out soon enough. All right. Um, I bet you it's like a thing. All right, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Wayne's World 2. 
it's a good movie. It's just yeah. the second one. That's all. It's fine. It, that's it. It's good. It's, it, it's, it's a good I do have to say that one of my favorite jokes I actually that oh, from that, that I tell all the time. I already know what I already know what it is. Can I can I say that I we've worked together enough and I know you well enough that I know what the joke is? I, I bet you're wrong, but make a guess. Okay, is it when they go to sign the contract? Nope. Okay, my I was gonna guess the the lower uh, cross the T's cross the T's and dot the lowercase lower J's. J's. No, <laughs> no, which is a great fucking joke. No, for some reason, I don't know why this cracks me up, but every time he does it, it cracks me up. It's like the crowd is getting restless, waiting for Axe to show up at, at Wayne Stock. And Garth comes up on the stage. He's like, may I have your attention, please? There is some bad red rope licorice circulating through the crowds. Repeat, do not eat the red rope licorice. And the crowd gets pissed off at him. Kills me every time. I love that joke. I don't know why. It's not even that funny out of the context of the show, but he loved because he eats red rope licorice all the time. Like it's in Wayne's car, it's a whole thing. But yeah, it's it was one of those. It was, it was fine. Like it's a it's a it's an entertaining movie. It's basically the same movie at the end of the day, though. In coming up with this list, the only thing that I have been inspired to and will do is go back and watch both Wayne's World and Wayne's World Two. I'm at oh, some yeah. point. I'm gonna when I have time to do it. I'm gonna do that. None of these other movies I need to go back and watch. Either I know them from fr from front to bottom in my mind. Anyway. Uh oh. All right, are you still with me? All right, yeah, okay. Felt like I lost time. It's your number four, though, my friend, because you my number five was higher on your list, so now it's your number four. Yeah, well, you seemed very fervent about it, and I mean, I think it's just a better movie than Wayne's World 2. I wasn't a big fan of the skit um, or or the whole Coneheads phenomenon, but it is a very good movie, and it is very funny, and it does star some very, very important people. Right, it, it's a... Low key, I love I, I loved the sketch from the seventies when when Dan Aykroyd and Jane Curtin were from France, uh, and and seeing them bring that sketch forward in the nineties, it didn't like it didn't do great in the theaters, but it's just one of those like sort of low key underground comedies. Chris Farley again playing that uncut like uh, so many of the nineties era Saturday Life people are in that uh, in that movie as well that uh, kind of get a little bit of their feet wet in making that film. And, and I just, I have a soft spot for Dan Aykroyd, as you're going to find as we talk about good Saturday Night Live movies. And, and as he, well you should. He is so, as he's well so should. great. I think he's such a great, he's a little off. Like if you've ever listened to him talk about aliens and conspiracy theories, he's interesting, but he's a hell of a writer. He's a hell of a comedic writer and wrote some great, great stuff. And, and Coneheads is one of them. He's on the spectrum, is he not? Uh, you know, I don't know well enough to know, but um, it wouldn't surprise me. Like that, especially especially when Elon Musk came in and and and. Um, but you talk about uh, movies making money or not? Do you want to run down the list of the? So what? Maybe we'll find the twelfth movie here, um, whether it is the twelfth movie or not. Uh, but would you like to? You brought it up. You want to hear how each movie, what their budget was, and what they made? Sure. Do you want to do it as we rattle off the movie? That way we're oh, not... we can do that. Yeah, sure, we can go back. So, uh, Blues Brothers 2000, uh, the budget was $28 million. Worldwide, they made... Well, United States, there was no worldwide money. 
but overall they made 14 million so they lost half of their budget there on that movie brought that up already um wayne's world 2 40 million dollar budget 48 million dollars made so they profited there and coneheads 33 million dollar budget they made 21 million dollars on that so they lost money financial flop yeah that makes sense so that was your number four which means it's my number four i'm worried this is going to be on your worst list but i i love this movie it's the ladies man with tim meadows higher on your list excellent so move on to your you don't don't know my love for the ladies man oh my goodness well we haven't really talked about this movie It'd be to my number three, so we can talk about it right now. I I don't know if I was talking to you about it. No, I wasn't talking to you. I care. I was talking because it was a, uh, I was walking around talking to a buddy of mine. My favorite moment in the ladies' man, Leon Phelps. Uh, you know the fact that Billy D. Williams in there, notwithstanding, is in the climax of the movie where Will Ferrell, the angry leader of the anti-husband mob, has finally captured Leon. And they're going to wrestle because he is obsessed with Greco-Roman wrestling. And eventually Lance Lance gets himself out of the situation. He starts talking to all the other husbands. And he's like, man, your wife loves you. Every time I was getting nasty on her, she was just talking about, she would scream out your name. He's going through all these different husbands. And finally he gets to Will Ferrell's character. And he's like, Lance, well, Lance, you're clearly gay. And that's cool. But you tried to oil me up. And that's not cool. <laughs> it's it's the way he delivers it, the way everybody just sort of agrees with it. Oh, it's brilliant stuff. And Tiffany Thiessen plays Will Ferrell's wife in that, and she is still smoking Kelly Kapowski hot at the time when that movie came out. She's still pretty down. Yeah. She's a gorgeous woman. Like, love uh, Kelly. Or, I'm sorry, yeah. Tiffany. Her name is not Kelly. Oops. No, but to, you, to people like you and me, when, when we grew up, you know, that was man. our wheelhouse. You know, I would wake up in the morning when my alarm gave out a warning. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I watched Saturday. I, I, Saturday, I Saved by the Bell. Love Saved by the Bell. Oh, yeah. NBC, right? Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, The Ladies Man. To me, I quote that movie more than almost any movie Love the movie. Yeah, and the magic happened over there and in that waste paper basket and up there in the curtains. Yeah, that one was a long shot. Um, it looked like someone took two fine hams and stuffed them down the back of your dress. <laughs> you know, uh, is love like not like the unlikely likeliness of two likely unlikely lovers coming across in the stars? Stuff like that is just amazing, you know. When and, we when we know, get to uh, underrated, overrated cast members, Tim Meadows may be the top of oh, my list as an underrated cast member. I mean, about my car, it does not exist. <laughs> you hold on tight to someone you love. You hold on tight to that woman uh, you love and do it in the butt. In the butt, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just built a slot this morning. <laughs> so good it's just a great movie it's such a great movie uh there's so many one-liners in there yeah i mean i it's number three on my list and how to do financially okay not good not good at all (laughs) it had a 24 million dollar budget it did 13 million but it did make 126,000 um outside of the united states so there you go Ooh, they got that going for them yeah all right so that was your number three right yes so should i bring it back with my number two here 
Well, no, I haven't done my number three yet, so it's got it because my, oh, my my number four was my number four was the ladies' Sorry, man. What did yeah, you do? You your number four? Uh, it was Coneheads. So we we just we're, we're staggering. Off. I see. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah, you. Yeah. So my number three is uh, the Blues Brothers. One of the higher on your list. So we're we're getting to the splitting hairs part of this. It's two. It's two. So it's going to be next. Here we go again. It's it's like we're it's circular happy. It's circular. It's up and down and around. I, arguably the most quotable of the Saturday Night Live movies out there. Um, we're on a mission from God. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Um, the music is phenomenal in that. All timers as guests, uh, as as guest stars in this. Uh, you know, you got Ray Charles, you got Aretha Franklin, just to to name to name two that have full-on routines. It's Aykroyd and Belushi at their, you know, at their absolute best as a pair, even though Belushi was really struggling with his addiction issues during that, during the filming of that. Carrie Fisher uh, is a, is a, is the jilted lover of Jake Blue. I think it's Jake. Yeah. Jake um, who's coming after them with a bazooka. John Candy is in that movie uh, as the, as the policeman chasing him down. It's so much they're stuck in the country western bar and they only know one song and it's the theme from Rawhide. So they just sing it over and over and over again. Ah, I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's hard not to love, like you said, the the unbelievably amount of lines that you can quote time after time after time. John Belushi, I mean, come on. It's Yeah. Him and Chris Farley. Anytime you can, you know, it, this is this is Tommy Boy, right? I right. mean, it's a different movie. It's different humor. It's a different type of movie. But it's you can those two guys. You you I feel like you can kind of compare them as far as their style and their presence and 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 their short term success. Um, it, it, that's the first thing I think of. And then how about the continuation of the Blues Brothers phenomenon? Right. John right. Goodman joins the band. Jim Belushi's in there now. They did another movie. Right. Um, we're we're going to talk on that. Dunk- we're going to talk on that in the second half of the show, though. We will. Oh. We will. We will. Oh. They, they, they've done Saturday Night Live musical performances and such. Yep. So it's just a, an iconic thing right there. The Blues Brothers. Absolutely. Uh, will live on well past any of us. So that was your number two. As we continue the stagger. I think I think this is going to be the the question mark here. Is this a Saturday? Because I think I think we both have the same number one, or no, maybe my not. No, nope. my number two is Wayne's World. So I'm assuming it's your number one. That's, yeah. So what is this mystery movie that did not make the eleven list that I've seen? So it's it's not a recurring character sketch. It was a one time sketch when Tim Robbins hosted called Bob Roberts, and Tim Robbins plays a country folk singer who is like running for president and it is a movie that is made in the form of a mockumentary you can't find this thing really anywhere it is the most critically positively rated film out of all of the snl based films it is based on this sketch that started at saturday night live when tim robbins hosted he is like this folks and it's like this scathing commentary on american politics in the 90s it's 
it's really, really good. It's I, I actually, after going through the list, and I was like, oh, I haven't watched that in forever. I couldn't find it anywhere other than through my public library. Like, I had it in my public what, library. What? What's that? What's it called? Bob Roberts. Stars Tim Robbins. Has an extraordinarily young Jack Black in it. Um, has some other SNL cast members. It's it's really good, and it's a deep cut. And, and I, I mean, if you want to hang me up and be like, "Well, technically you're right," I guess technically I'm right. I'm just saying. It's okay. So it's a it's an SNL character movie, but it's not an SNL feature film. Well, uh, whatever. Okay. You know, hold me up that way. That's that's what that's that's gonna be your quibble. That's a taste of your own. That's a, you. Time out. Time out. Hold on. Hold on. Ju- judges. Judges. I'll allow it. All right. Let's talk about Wayne's World. No, 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 no. It's interesting. Like, I want to go watch it now. Like, and I don't even remember this character on Saturday Night Live. So I need right. to go back and watch this sketch. I need to go watch this movie. But like, I think. I didn't even know this existed, so I'm glad you brought it up because I think for the people listening that are SNL fans, a lot of people might not have known about this, right? But as far as technicality, a uh, Lorne Michaels SNL production, a feature film, that is not one. But that's fine. I, you know, I did a, another SNL episode the other week, and I included Steven Seagal when he was clearly banned, like Wisconsin and LSU. Now I remember bringing that up, so. That's fine. It's one one. We're even now. It's do, all do, good. Well, no, no. It's two to one, Mister. Two selections for a number. Don't be trying that shit. <laughs> I, I turned him into honorable mentions. Bro. Yeah, that totally changes everything. <laughs> okay. Anyway, no, but it's really I I do highly encourage people to check it out. And it got it it was critically really well received. It, it was I think it scored something like a ninety three on ninety three percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's it's a very interesting look at the political landscape in in the 90s i think it came out like 93 94 so clinton george bush time or uh, clinton time uh and he plays like a conservative sort of-esque player as this like folk singer like it's uh, it's really really good it's really really well done and it's funny it's it's really funny especially if you were a child of the 90s you know or you grew up in that era like go back and take a look at it i i highly recommend it i think it's worth the watch even if, as Tony says, it, it gets by in in my world based on a technicality because they based it on a character and not an SNL feature film. Anyway, I, let's talk about Wayne's t- World. I couldn't I couldn't tell you the numbers on that film. Let's uh let's run down the rest of the numbers here first. Blues right. Brothers, seven million dollar budget made one hundred and fifteen million dollars worldwide. Yowza. Mm-hmm. Um, Wayne's World, the most profitable movie of all time. Twenty million dollar budget, one hundred twenty million, one hundred twenty-two million in the United States, an additional sixty-two million worldwide. One hundred eighty-three plus million dollars for Wayne's World, and it earned every penny of that. And, and to be honest, if you'd have told me that that movie was gonna be as big as it was like i didn't believe it like and and i was part of the target demographic that movie by the way 
is what ignited my love for Queen. I've I've talked about this and it ignited a lot of people's discovery of the band in the first place uh, because the re-release of that music video with with Wayne's World interspersed in there with the scene from the show that made all of the difference. All all of the difference. It was amazing to listen to and I I got to tell you there's just so many so many great moments of that uh, Garth dreaming about you know approaching his dream girl and playing foxy by Jimi hendrix on the jukebox while he goes up to him the soundtrack the soundtrack. oh the soundtrack is amazing yes the soundtrack. yes you just you mentioned the two bigs already tia carrera just nothing nothing oh. more needs to be said about tia carrera at the time for what's in this movie yep rob Lowe. um ah gosh i'm gonna forget so uh, again, Chris Farley's in there as, a, as in a guest spot. Um, so Garth's like, girlfriend, Garth or Garth's girlfriend is um, Alec Baldwin's ex-wife, right? No, that's in Wayne's World. Well. Wayne's World Two. It's Kim Basinger um, who gets Who's in between. In the first it's some unknown like model. Uh, but at, it's one of the most best. That's one of the most noticed and repeated lines too. Is let's go, Garth. Where? I'm low on gas and you need a jacket. <laughs> right. Hey, uh, hey, Wayne, did did you ever find Bugs Bunny attractive when he put on a wig and dressed up like a girl bunny? No. I, I was just asking. I, okay, so DP and I have listened to the same two morning radio jockeys for our entire, like, existence of our friendship like from high school on it's bob and brian in the morning and they have a uh, a bit called the one question line where you can call and they say one question line and you ask them a question if you don't phrase your question in the form of a question they hang up on you you would appreciate that um i do i like my I rules asked that i asked that once nice what did they say uh, no <laughs> I, I was just asking. I was just asking. That's that's, that's the best part of it. Is like, I'm just asking. Um, yeah, there's uh, yeah. Uh, Rob Lowe is is hilarious in there. You didn't think you'd actually end up with Wayne, did you? The cavity search guy. Wayne's ex girlfriend. Yeah. Oh gosh, Stacy Alert. Uh, um, stairway denied. When he opens up the door to the the, the people, he's like uh, the the army dudes trading, and Gar's like, "What's this all for?" He's like, "I I don't know. I just always wanted to open a door with a bunch of guys trading for some big combat thing." Excellent. And they shut the door. Uh, Contractor, uh, no, I will not bow ho- down to any sponsor. Yeah, uh, street hockey game on game yep. on. Well, I I MP. use that in my daily life. Yeah, game on. Game on. Okay. Um, and then I love you, man. Yeah. I mean, no. Yeah. Oh, I, I if you're gonna spew, love you. Man. If you're going to spew, spew in this. Right. Good stuff. All right. Excellent number one. And yes, that was used intentionally. We're going we're gonna to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we will give you the worst of the worst. Uh, SNL movies, and I'm sure that all five of mine fit within the rules. At least I hope they do, because I, I don't need to hear hear about this again. I need to keep my two to one lead. 
uh, on, on Tony. Now, if you enjoy the 5x5 five five and you enjoy what we do here at the ChairShot Radio Network and at ChairShot.com, then you really should do your part and support us by heading over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the ChairShot and invest in one of our multiple awesome t-shirts designs. I just so happen to be wearing the hashtag Save Tag Team Wrestling shirt right now. Very, very important to me. It is my lost cause political movement in the world of wrestling. But damn it, I'm going to represent. And the chair shot can help you represent by going over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and investing in one of our mini designs. You can spend just a mere $19.99, but if you want to feel fancy, get something that feels nice on your giblets, get it soft style, spend a few dollars more. Again, we love putting quality content out there for you day in and day out here at thechairshot.com. And we can't do that without your help and support. And the best way to do that is at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot. When we come back, the worst SNL movies of all time. You're listening to the 5x5 on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Okay, we're back and we are ready to disappoint you with the worst of the worst Saturday Night Live movies out there. Tony, I got to tell you, there was no crossover, no real crossover in, in list that, to my knowledge, I, maybe because I mucked it all up with Bob Roberts, but uh, but I don't think I I don't know that we're gonna have something. Was there anything on? I don't think there's no, anything on my I, best. It's gonna be on no, your worst. No, you had McGruber in the middle, so Blues Brothers two thousand made your bottom five. It did. And then I have, and then the other four are all yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's no crossover. It was just the McGruber Blues Brothers 2000. We'll see. We'll see if Blues Brothers 2000, where it is there. Um, That's true. So. Well, and I'm going to hand it over to you to kick off the worst because I kicked off the best. So let's get your number uh, five. Mine was, mine was McGruber. Um, the sketch was great. The movie was horrible. It didn't. It's 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 quality because it's short. Right. Uh, Betty White on McGruber is one of the top 50 sketches in SNL history. Period, and that's a that's a that's a pretty fucking bold statement if you think about how many sketches have been done in the history right. of Saturday Night Live. Betty White on on uh, McGruber is fucking hilarious on SNL. The movie, uh, yeah, out of eleven, it's sixth. Yeah, I never I never saw it. Um, it, it just it it's never like I get it a MacGyver parody, haha, that's kind of funny. And again, I think it is. You, you just mentioned it. It, when it's one joke, it's really hard to carry one joke through a 90-minute-plus 
film. And that's really what you're doing. And that's that's ultimately the problem with all, almost all of my list is that it's trying to carry a 90 minute joke or carry a, a four minute joke for 90 minutes. And that's just hard to do. MacGruber, $10 million budget worldwide, $9.2 million. There you go. All right. My number five, Molly Shannon, Will Ferrell, Superstar. All right, here we go again. Yeah, it's, my, it's PC Tunney's yeah, number, four. number four. Let's, let's get jilted. Go ahead. So here's the thing. I I hated the Mary Kathleen Gallagher sketches. So to have an entire movie, like I just, like it, I get it. It was still kind of weird to me. It kind of the armpit thing. Yeah, like I just like that to me wasn't funny. It was gross. I put my hands underneath my armpits, and then I smell like this. Right, like I just no. No, disgusting, gross, and I hated it. Um, and so when they made a movie, and I, I don't even remember how I ended. I it had to be like I was stuck and could like I was like with friends and they had it on or so, like because I did not willingly watch this film because it's it, I it's stupid and I hated it. I hated the sketch and I basically largely ignored the movie because I didn't find the sketch funny. So that's why it was my number five. You'd think it was higher up with how much I just ripped on it there, but it's not. It wasn't. It wasn't horrible. I I enjoyed the sketch. I always did. Um, yeah. Molly, Molly Shannon is phenomenal, by the way. Um, Terrific. You know, her her, I'm, her I'm fifty character is is See, amazing. DP I, DP I couldn't get couldn't wait to get to the fiftieth. So. We're going to, after we're done recording this right now, I'm going to record the 320th episode of, of the DWI podcast. D, DP and I couldn't wait to get to the 50th episode oh, when I we bet. first started. This is probably like six years ago uh, to play Molly Shannon saying, I'm 50. Oh, I, I love that sketch too. That's not yeah. the sketch that got turned into a movie though. It's Superstar, which was shit. Um, sorry, I'm being really hard <laughs> On these movies, damn. Um, All right. I, I can't wait to turn 50 so that I can yell I'm 50. Because when I turned 40, I channeled Mike Gundy. was like, I'm a man. I'm 40. And so, yeah. like, I, I'm totally that immature. Um, but that was my number five and your number four. And So what's your number four? And then we'll go into the threes. It's uh, Blues Brothers 2000. Um, okay. It's, it's not a good it, movie. I just left Here, it in the middle just because well, of the Blues Brothers. I, I used to watch the Blues Brothers religiously, like all the time. Like, and I think that's a big reason as to why, like, I don't like the movie's not good in its own right, but it, it like trying to capture the magic of what I thought was a, a magical film being put together with the Blues Brothers in the Blues Brothers 2000. And I got the idea and I appreciated the spirit hated the movie it didn't it felt it felt cash grabby it felt nostalgia grabby nostalgia grabby and it really was like that's basically what the movie was it just it just wasn't very good to me a cash grab it was not my friend 28 million dollar budget barely made a lick over 14 million and i i mean i get that it didn't make bank but i i think that's what they were trying for it just it didn't work the, it, the feel wasn't there and and that really hurt that movie so that's that's my number four no i got you all right let's get into the number threes my number three 
Oh my goodness. The biggest failure economically in Saturday Night Live history. Uh, it's Pat. It's higher on your list. All right. What's your number three? My number three is Night at the Roxbury. And that's not my number two, so we can just keep going here. Uh, again, this is another one of those where we're trying to take a, a four-minute joke and make it an hour-and-a-half-long movie. And they're not likable characters, and so it's really hard to to get behind the, them trying to like make it in a movie and like you, you like you're supposed to pull for these guys they're douchebags they're they're terrible and that's the joke i get that that's the joke but it didn't work for me uh here uh, first of all i made a misstep i should have told you the budget to these movies and let you guess how much they made eh, would have been, been more fun it would have so we can start with this one since we have a few more to talk about but let me tell you why the night at the roxbury is a failure because the sketch became a success because Jim Carrey was on it. Right. The movie the movie didn't have Jim Carrey. If the movie had Jim Carrey, it would have maybe been it could have possibly been one of Jim Carrey's funniest movies considering where you could go with Jim Carrey's physical, you know, facial kind of comedy. But like you said, this was just it's it's kind of my same complaint with McGruber, right? It's it's a sketch. Right. It's not a movie. Um okay. Night at the Roxbury, seventeen million dollar budget. How much money did it make? Uh, I'll say, I'll say seven point four. Thirty million. Really, it turned a profit. This one, they were right to capitalize on the fame of it. Guess so. Yeah, I, I'm stunned by that because, like, I, I the only thing I remember, uh, really about that movie is Chris Kattan breaking the window with his head and being like, "I broke the window again." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And clearly you liked that joke, so I I did. I did. And the purple suit that Will Ferrell wore. That's about it. That's what yeah. I remember. Yeah. The, the, like you know, the sheen. You know, suit. it's it's right. it also does speak to the star power of even at that point Will Ferrell as a as a as a lead. And, and nothing against Chris Kattan, but let's be real. Like it's Will Ferrell. Right, Chris Kattan is way more of an independent feel. Right. All right, so, so that, that was brings your, that was my number so three. So that's your two. So my number two is the Al Franken-led vehicle. Stewart saves his family. That's my number one. So right, you can so, go. We'll get to your one last. All right. Um, I, it's the same sort of idea again. I, it's. Part of this is just my dislike of Al Franken now that I know who he really is, too. Like, awkward. But, this, again, the Stuart Smalley family, or the Stuart Smalley character was really, really popular on Saturday Night Live when you could get it in four, you know, four-minute doses. You're good enough. You're smart enough. Doggone it. People like you. When you start getting into analyzing the problems that Stuart Smalley has with his family, no, please no. God, No. No, no. That's it. That's that's my that's my rant. Rant over. So five out of the eleven movies made money. This was not one of them. Shocker. Six point three million dollar budget. How much money did they make, Patrick? Two. Two million. Yeah, we'll go with two million. Nine hundred twelve thousand dollars. 
Wow. Hey, oh, here's it. Let's go back to this one. Hold on. Superstar, $14 million budget. How much money did they make? Uh, oh, you said, have we hit all five of the ones that have gone over budget? I don't even know. Um, I'll say 13.5. 30 million again. Yeah. I, back I, to back. 31 million to make Night of the Roxbury and Superstar to make 62 million. Yeah, I mean, kudos to them. Like, they're yeah. shitty movies, but it, you made your money, so. Oh, horrible. Yeah, but Stuart Small, once again, it's the same theme, right? Not, yeah. Like, barely sketched, to be honest with you. To be honest with you, I would take it out of that theme. Right. I yeah I don't I don't even get I don't I don't even get who the producer would have been that would have been like you know what I think there's money to be made here uh, and, and I don't know I don't have IMDb up in front of me it's just it's just not something that has legs okay I'll tell you right now Harold Ramis directed Al Franken okay. wrote this and Paramount Pictures produced it so Al Franken got Harold Ramis to get Paramount Pictures His, to do this movie. yeah because well and he and he and Harold Ramis were boys like they're they were best sure. besties back in the day so that that checks like that makes sense Harold Harold Ramis is was a hell of a director when given the right material I'm pretty sure Stuart saves his family was not the material they were looking for yeah I yeah enough said <laughs> all right, so my no, my number one worst Saturday Night Live film of all time, it's deeply personal, man. Like, growing up during the height of that sketch and having to listen to, in high school, the song for It's Pat, like, for them to make a fucking movie about this thing that has just been made my teenage years hell, I'm not exactly what you would call cool in high school. And then this Saturday Night Live sketch comes out. Then they make a goddamn movie out of it. It's a sketch that has no legs. It's horribly offensive. It's even more offensive nowadays, now that we know more about people like transgendered folks and, and identity. It's It was an extremely poor taste then. It's, it's an even worse taste now. And I like Julia Sweeney. Like, Julia Sweeney does some great things. Uh, check her out in American Gods. She's terrific in the show American Gods. Uh, that, and it just wrapped up. That was on Stars. But the It's Pat character, just what did it make? Like $150,000? Did it, was, they did it film it in Canada? All right. So the <laughs> I'm going to let you guess what the budget was for this one, too. What was uh, the budget for It's I would hope it was less than $2 million. <laughs> It was eight million dollars. Oh, woof! How much did it make? I'm gonna go ahead guess. I said I said a hundred grand. No, there's no, there, okay, sixty thousand eight hundred twenty-two dollars. Wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! That tells this, you all you need it, to know. This movie was written by Julia Sweeney, Jim Emerson, and Stephen Hibbert, and it was directed by Adam Bernstein, and the distributor was Buena Vista Pictures. So, Disney? Because Disney owns Buena Vista? Wow. Well, they do. Did they back then? I don't I, know. I don't remember. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure they own Buena Vista. It was, 90, it was August, August of 94, so hard to say. I think that tells you all you need to know about why that's the number one word. No controversy on this list, uh, and rightfully so. 
Because that's that tells you all you need. It was a god awful film, and yeah, Patrick's everywhere and Patricia's everywhere. Really hate that movie. So Chris's, ex- Harry's, yeah. It's it, there. There is no time for androgyny. There's no time for Pat. That's I, I think that's the note we're going to leave this worst list on. Mr. Tunney, thank you so much for jumping on the 5x5 five five again. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you out there in the Chairshot Radio Network? Ah, not a worry in the world. Always glad to be here. Um, maybe one day we'll surprise you with a non-SNL 5x5, um, five five, but I would bet the next one will be another SNL. I'm sure five it will be, five. too. You can follow- you can, you can follow me at PC Tony on Twitter and Facebook. Please continue to listen to everything Chairshot Radio Network. You can find that on thechairshot.com and by searching Chairshot Radio Network on all of your favorite streaming platforms. And you can find me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. Be sure to catch me on other shows on the Chairshot Radio Network, such as Bandwagon Nerds, The Greg DeMarco Show, and hockey talk with Dave Ungar. Uh, hockey, game on, yeah, game, game on. on, good stuff. When we're not doing hockey talk, we're talking music, so it's it's always fun. We do musical chairs in the summertime, uh, which is also a lot of fun. We we never. Do, I have a I have a great Spotify playlist for the chair shot that I made, and don't really know how to like share it and figure. We need to figure that out, um, but. Thanks for thanks again for coming on the show. I have a lot of fun talking to SNL. Uh, that's going to do it for us here on the 5x5. Five five. Until next time, we will catch you. Thank you again for listening. Have a wonderful day. You've been listening to the 5x5 five five on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. 